welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. And I'm Brian Canever. We have just witnessed the penultimate match of one Knoxville SC's inaugural season, a 7-1 victory over Southern Soccer Academy. We are currently in the Subio, the mobile studio, Subio, out of the forecasted rain. Luckily, we did not get any of that. Unfortunately, we did get all of the humidity that is saturated in the air. But, Brian, no drops fell on our head of rain. There was plenty of heat lightning, but we were able to play our 90 minutes uninterrupted. Brian, this was our first time, Boys and Blues, playing the Kings. Why is that? And how, how did we look out there? So I called Ami Robbie, the director of soccer operations, the Liverpudlian Nostradamus before <laughs> we got off the field because I think he was the only person in East Tennessee who was predicting zero rain, but 100% chance of football tonight. And that's what we got. Like you said, there was no rain at all. So that allowed us to enjoy a beautiful night of soccer, all 90 minutes. And when Knoxville got the commanding 7-1 victory, Southern Soccer Academy, they traveled, and they traveled light. Unfortunately, they had a COVID breakout in their side, which meant that a lot of their players could not be with them. They only had 13 players, so they had their starting 11 plus two subs. One Knoxville, however, did not let up at all. Uh, Pubbled them throughout the first and second half for that 7-1 win, which actually matched Asheville's 7-1 win earlier in the week. Uh, They actually sent out a lot of banter after that one, to the Scruffs, the South Slope Blues and the Scruffs were going at it on Twitter, uh, talking about Kemi Amiche, the dynamic playmaker who is leading Asheville City in scoring. And uh, Seb Andreessen was not in the side tonight, the person that you would most expect to answer back. But the center backs were Simon Afrifa and Stephen Afrifa, the Black Mamba twins were, and we'll get into the action in a second, but uh, very quickly on why this was the first time and the only time one Knoxville faces Southern Soccer Academy. This league, the USL 2's got over 100 teams broken down over several divisions. It's a doozy. And the, the divisions are not equally distributed, so there are actually nine teams in this division, only two qualify for the playoffs, and you have 14 regular season games. So if you can imagine, you have to play eight teams across 14 regular season games. There are a handful that you will not see. So South Georgia Tormenta, one Knoxville played them once. They won 3-2 away. The Bantams, one Knoxville played them once. They won 3-1 away. And the Southern Soccer Academy Kings are another one of those teams that they play only once. Southern Soccer came into this match on the back of five straight defeats, four oh, games man. where they could not score. They did score tonight, but uh, the losing streak continues for them. And, and one Knoxville gets to celebrate. And what a celebration it was, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, honestly, Brian, it felt so good just to be back on the pitch use those vocal cords, singing with the scruffs, cheering on the One Knox lads, or what do you say, um, Mark McKeever's Merry Men? Is that what it is? Yes, Mark McKeever's Merry Men. I love the alliteration, and that is the most M-M-M-M. alliteration. Quadruple M. Quadruple M. M-N-M-N-M-N-M. It honestly felt like we had a whole off-season since we last saw the boys in blue. It was only 14 days, but it's just with this crazy schedule, one week it's four matches in, you know, 10 days, another week. It's you, you don't see them for 14, 14 days, but we are back and we're going to have a fantastic end to the regular season with two matches in four days. And we just had one of them. Our last match of the regular season is on Tuesday 
So everybody come on out. And you know what's funny, Patty? We don't we don't want to bury the lead here because we know everybody knows this by the time that this podcast episode yep, has come it's out. True. And we will get you a special episode with all the interviews after the East Atlanta. What are we game. Tr- what what is the big news, Brian? Tell us, man. So after the match ended. We saw players huddling around phones. We saw fans huddling around phones. We saw Mark McKeever, the gaffer, with his back turned to everybody. And I actually found out why he was doing that. And we'll get that in the podcast in a second with the win and an Asheville draw. Asheville was playing at home to Tennessee SC when Knoxville would be declared the South Central Division champions. And that is exactly what happened. We saw the, the final whistle blown in Asheville. And then the men, there was about a dozen of the players who were all huddled together. They started jumping and they started singing the classic South American chant, the uh, Campiones song. Yes. Campiones, Campiones, ole, so good. ole, ole. Then everybody huddled together. The club captain, Jamesy Thomas, gave a word. The gaffer gave a word. And so at this point, the first. It's actually the second piece of silverware. Yeah, right, you, that's if, very true. That's if you count true. the Smoky Mountain the golden, Series championship. The boot. So, but beyond, the first official league yes. silverware that won Knoxville has won is not silver. It's actually gold, and it's a South Central Division Championship, which comes back to Knoxville. We are expecting on Tuesday the presentation of that trophy. Oh, man, that's here awesome. Looking Atlanta forward to that. Match. So uh, we will see the men holding their gold trophy, uh, and that's going to be a beautiful moment. The club promised a lot of things earlier in the season. There were a lot of expectations. Some of those may have been crushed a little bit after opening their their history with a loss to yep. Asheville 2-1 at Austin East Stadium. But since then, they've only dropped points on one occasion, a 1-1 tie to the Dalton Red Wolves. And tonight, they were absolutely lethal. They deserved the championship. They look like a team yes, that is one of, the, one of the best in the country. Yep. And at the very least... They will be division champions this season. We also have our own exciting news for everyone. Do we, Patty? Yes, absolutely. What and, is it? And you probably already know this, but we have merch. Knox Soccer Pod merch. We have debuted a Stranger Things parody t-shirt, the Hellbender SC shirt. You can find them in the show notes. Yeah, we took the Hellfire Club tee. We spoofed it. It's a huge deep cut from episode two and seven and 11 uh, several several episodes of the pod, and we thought it'd be great to bring it to life. Dear listener, please go ahead and grab one of those. It's the first link in the show notes. We need 22 of them to, to go to print. Go ahead and support the pod, rep the hellbender. I want to say we are on our way, but we do have at this very moment that we are recording five commitments, right? and we don't want to under understate how important it is oh, that's for very you true. That's very to true. go out there and buy these shirts and support your podcast guys, your podcast lads, your podcast pals. I, so, I, I got a great idea. Let's do a little giveaway for the Hellbender SC shirts. So if you want one of these rad tees, listen up. It's going to be simple. All you got to do is comment on our Instagram post of the shirt. Dakota made, did an awesome upside down post. It shows you the shirt. All you got to do on that is tag two of your friends, tag two soccer friends, tag two Stranger Thing friends in the comment on the shirt post, and you'll be entered. This contest, it'll go for a week until Monday the 18th, 7.30, and then we'll announce the winner on the following episode, Tuesday the 19th. Go ahead and comment. Enter into that contest. Go ahead and grab a shirt for yourself. 
the contest one will be for your grandmother and whatnot. We do need 22 of those to happen, and we're going to give one away to you, dear listener. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's uh, rep, <laughs> support the pod, rep the hellbender. Woo, man. No, a yeah. grandmother can wear a hellbender yeah, abso- shirt. Absolutely. A grandmothers are badass. Yeah, right? rock and roll grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we dive into the match and hear from the coach as well as practically the whole team, before we do all that, let's go ahead and take a short break. Markman's is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast and One Knoxville SC. Located at 6932 Kingston Pike, Markman's has been Knoxville's choice for diamonds and fine jewelry since 1976. Visit MarkmansDiamonds.com. That is MarkmansDiamonds.com for all of your jewelry needs. We are so thankful for Jeff Markman and the Markman family for coming along on all of our match recaps. And now us going in to playoffs. The Markman family is going to come along with us. We are so thankful for their support. So go ahead and show them some love. Jeff was actually one of the guys that was standing on the sideline looking at his phone waiting to see if we were going to be crowd champions. A faithful fan and a faithful follower of the pod. Also... Nothing Too Fancy is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast. Locally owned and operated t-shirt boutique, Nothing Too Fancy is located in downtown Knoxville, just off of Market Square. Not only are the shirts designed and printed right here in town, but they use the best quality apparel and inks and are both super soft and great for the environment. They are celebrating their 10-year anniversary this Labor Day. Congrats, nothing too fancy. And the exciting thing with them is they have given us a promo code, Pod. literally all caps. Yeah, kind of have to yell it, Pod. You can use that online or in-store. Just tell them, hey, the Knox Soccer Pod sent you in. They got two great football tees. The one that Brian already has, it's a football time in Tennessee. They also have this awesome avant-garde one Knoxville tee. It's got this nice kind of faded, faded red. It, it's Guys, you got to go check it out. Check it out. Go grab one. Using the Knox Soccer Pod discount code, you get 10% off your whole entire purchase. So go show them some love so they can continue to support the pod. While you're at it, go ahead. Go to custommink.com, the link in our show notes, and get yourself a Hellbender <laughs> SCT. There's a, and there's, then, a, there's a lot of action points then just this keep, Just keep buying. I mean, I like to not just stop at one. Whenever I buy a jersey, Patty, like when I bought my Argentina jersey that I'm wearing right now, Copa America 2021 championship jersey, I also order myself a USA jersey. Yep. I order my daughter a messy PSG jersey. So get your Hellbender SC jersey and head on over to Nothing Too Fancy's website or in-store on Union Avenue. Drop the Knox Soccer Pod promo code and get yourself a nice shirt. Get yourself one for your grandma. Too. They have gr- more They have more <laughs> grandma-appropriate attire. They have more there. grandma-appropriate attire at Nothing Too Fancy. All right, our shout-out for this episode is a five-star review from Apple Podcasts saying, Knoxville can have nice things. Similar to my feelings about our home club, One Knox SC, I feel so undeserving of such instant quality of the Knox Soccer Podcast. Just like our Blue Mountain Boys from Episode 1, Season 1, Brian and Patrick are bringing us an excellent product. The future of soccer in Knoxville is very bright. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ben J. How, do you, how are we reading that one? Ben J. It's not, it almost looks like Benji Lounge, but with a W in it. That's so. true. Thanks so much, Benji Wonji, for that awesome, that heartfelt review. I definitely don't know who that is, too. So thank you for somebody who uh, isn't one of our friends that we've goaded into leaving a review for us. That's very true. So thank you, Benji. We greatly appreciate it. All right. So lots of things went down tonight, Brian. First off, there's a 7-1 victory over a limping Southern Soccer Academy, right? So what does this game look like up to you in the booth, and how did it all play out? 
So we knew that one Knoxville was going to come in and play the style of football that they've typically played, which is a press-heavy, attacking, possession-based style of soccer. We knew they were going to look for attacking opportunities through their wingbacks as well as through set pieces because they are absolutely deadly on set pieces. It's not something that really uh, is, is a giveaway at this point. It's not something that is a secret of this team. If you've watched any of the goals, cut any of the clips, um, they score on long throws, they score on free kicks, and they definitely score on corner kicks, which they did tonight. So one Knoxville is going to come in and look to dominate, particularly, like you said, with Southern Soccer Academy coming in um, a little weak because they were missing so many players due to COVID. You expected Southern Soccer to play a more defensive style away from home, um, to basically boot the ball up and create chaos, look for one Knoxville to make some unforced errors, and they did do that in the second half. The only goal that Southern Soccer scored was off of uh, a mistake. It was a beautifully executed header across. It came in from the left-hand side, a header from Ethan Harrison, I believe his name was, uh, who left Ryan Troutman with no chance to save that one. Um, but really, that was the only bright spot for Southern Soccer. One Knoxville from the get-go just absolutely dominated. Uh, up in the booth, me and Andy Brock, the play-by-play guy, were actually talking about uh, potentially an internal competition between the team because okay. you saw a lot of the defensive players yep. actually grab the goals tonight. Yep. So yep. In, in the first half, Yannick Kronz, a holding midfielder, the German who plays for Carson Newman, not too far away from us in Knoxville, he opened the scoring. And then you had goals from Finn McGraw, mm -hmm. the big red wall. You Love had, it. You had goals from the two Spaniards, Danny Fernandez, who we hear from in a moment, yep. and Alberto Suarez. Danny Fernandez wound up grabbing a second goal in the second half. Second so crazy. Half. In the second half, uh, Southern Soccer Academy actually opened the scoring. Uh, we talked a lot about objectives, and Mark McKeever talks about objectives. Uh, so one Knoxville, it's to win the game, get the three points, get the clean sheet, right? For Southern Soccer, you've lost the first half. You have no chance of qualifying for playoffs. So you set the objective at winning the second half, the second 45. And they were up 1-0 in the second 45 because they grabbed a goal early. But then one Knoxville responded with Danny, the Bull Fernandez, grabbing a goal. You saw the Afrifa twins both grab some goals. Yes. So Simon Afrifa actually scored off an assist by his twin brother, Stephen Afrifa. <laughs> so crazy. And we hear from them in a second, too. Yep. And then Stephen Afrifa closed the scoring in extra time and added time in the 91st minute. Um, to cap off a dominant and imperious 7-1 victory that now has the team on an absolute high yes. entering into the final regular season game where we should expect to see some rotation. Patty, one thing that I have to mention is that one Knoxville is a very, very deep squad. They've got 40 players in the roster. And I asked McKeever about this. Why do you carry why do you carry 40 players? Why do you carry so many? Knowing that you could only dress 18. Well, we saw it happen to Southern Soccer Academy where they were missing out on 10 of their players. And so they were they were suddenly left with very, very few. One Knoxville has set this season up to have a lot of rotation because it's 14 games packed into two months. Yep. Now we got playoff games coming up. So who did we not see tonight? Buster Schoberg, mm -hmm. who has scored goals this season, screw who scored a crucial goal away to Asheville. We didn't see Anferni Arias Sinclair, the Costa Rican holding midfielder, Max who's a top 50 prospect. Max McNulty, who scored in the last match, didn't see him tonight, right? Um, we didn't see Farid Sarsar, one of the uh, center backs who's been getting a lot more minutes on the field. Seth Antwi came in in the second half. Sam Fletcher, who's one of the newer players, came yep. in in the second half. 
it must be tough if you're a fan uh, to keep up with everything. I'm sure there's probably some uh, some young guys and gals who are disappointed every time they don't see Sebastian Andreessen and his golden locks on the field. <laughs> uh, it's not just young guys right, and right. gals, uh, right? Um, and so um, there's a level of disappointment if you're a fan because you expect to see, right. you hope to see the same players. But every it totally time. it totally makes sense, like you're saying. And then going into the playoffs, the playoffs, it's two matches in. 72 hours you know it's 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 back to back so yeah to have the squad depth makes total sense now i have complete faith in mark mckeever always have uh, but yeah it's it's making more and more sense one of the incredible things to see is the twins celebrating with the fans there was this this gaggle of kids in the corner um where they scored both both their goals and the first first goal both the twins came over. It was kind of like after they celebrated with the team, they came over and they struck a pose and got some selfies with some kids. The second goal, they ran straight to the corner, did a little pop pose, and uh, just like was mauled by kids. So cool to see the twins just like embracing the fans. Knoxville is, you know, the 12th man, very much on that field with them. You can totally feel it and see it. All right, let's get to Mark McKeever right now of just his take on the whole entire match. All right, Brian Kenneman, I got head coach Mark McKeever here tonight. Mark, we saw Asheville earlier this week win 7-1, and it felt like a message. Uh, they were tweeting at one Knoxville, at the Scruffs. Uh, there was some banter back and forth. You respond with a 7-1 win. But I know you talk about objectives. You talk about focusing on the team itself and not any outside factors. How do you feel like the performance and, and the objectives were handled tonight? Yeah, I'm disappointed with the goal that we lost because that's one of our objectives. But to be fair, it was a wicked ball in and a great header. So, you know, I feel as though we could have probably stopped the service. But to grumble about one moment in 90, yeah, I think we've done all right. You know, it's, uh, they've had, well, they had one shot and goal, two shots and goal. So it's extreme for 11 players on the field only to get two shots in goal. It means the other other 11 were doing something extremely correct. And, and we did. We still missed a few chances, though. Still missed a few chances. So. so I know that Southern Soccer traveled few players for this game because they had some illness in the squad. And we've talked throughout the season about how one Knoxville intentionally has a big roster. And if you're a fan that's following the team, you got to think, oh, man, there's... 40 players. I want to see more of this player. Or why isn't Seba always on the field? Or why isn't Buster always on the field? And tonight, we saw a lot of that rotation. We saw Alan Salmarone coming in. Uh, we saw Alberto Suarez coming back into the side and getting his goals. Danny Fernandez, who was out for a little while, coming in and getting his goals. Uh, can you talk to me about the depth of the team and how you feel th those players, like an Alan, like a Yannick, performed on the evening? Everybody that's here is here for a reason. It's because they're good enough to be here. You know, it's hard in the beginning when you have the rotation, but as the rotation starts to starts to function and players start to believe in the rotation, start to believe in each other, start to understand the cycle of the rotation, then we get this quality game after game after game. And we're here. When was the last time we played bad? You know, I still think we've got another gear. I still think we've got another two gears. You look at the players that are on the bench there tonight, we've got Ampha, we've got, you know, Big Buster, we've got Seba, leading scorer. And we'll get some monsters in there that are just great footballers. And, you know, even the lads that come off the bench, they're all great. You know, and it, it makes my job really hard choosing your living. But knowing that I've got seven players that are going to commit to coming on the field. And, you know, another two, another 15 that are going to say, I'm going to trust in his decision and back him and then play for him. It's exceptional. It's amazing. 
So we're on championship watch right now. Off to our right, I see a bunch of the players huddled around a phone, refreshing the Twitter as Asheville finishes up its game. Uh, but even if we have to go back and edit this tonight, uh, even if things go right on Tuesday, you have that final match against East Atlanta, the final regular season match. And then it's definitely at least one playoff match. What do you do to prepare? How do you approach this next week? Like we've approached the whole season, nothing changes. Nothing changes. Another game, another game where we're going to try and meet our objectives with three points and a clean sheet. Uh, another game that we've got to play like as a cup final. If we're doing that, then it means we're all pushing forward. It means we're not standing still. It means we're always trying to strive to be better and better. So again, yeah, another game, another day, we're going to do our thing. So for whoever faces one Knoxville after that East Atlanta regular season wrap-up match, what should they expect from this team? We've seen a lot of things in the commentary booth on the sideline. We've seen the deadliness from set pieces. We've seen the pressure. What should a team that comes up against this side expect? Hard work. That's it. Hard work. All right. Thanks, Mark. <laughs>
that that helps get the best out of me and yeah it's just about giving my all as many as many times as I can. For us, you you have a job doing color commentating for the live stream. I'm there trying to uh, put together some interesting content on Instagram, but when the pod guys come alive is at the end. Brian is hobbling down with his peg leg. Um, I'm running over to Drew, telling him who we want to interview, and he's grabbing him. So we're on, we're doing our job, we're interviewing, and then all of a sudden, two mass huddles, and they're crowding around these phones, and we're like, what is happening here? They're watching the Asheville match. Brian, why was it so important that they're watching the live stream of the Asheville match? I'll just say a quick mention. I look forward to the day where we could actually enjoy a match without working it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does, it definitely does feel like we're working uh, on game day rather than just sitting there in the crowd and enjoying it. Uh, but yes, the reason why they were crowded around celebrating together, the reason why we actually split our interviews in half yep. and actually had to go back to Mark McKeever yep. and then yep. talk to Danny Fernandez and the Afrifa twins is because... Asheville Drew, which meant one Knoxville were your South Central Division champions. And it was so incredible to watch the players huddled around their phones because it was in extra time and it was five minutes and everyone had their own little stopwatch. It was like, come on, ref, it's now. It's, it's like, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. Everyone was fake whistling, you know, all that jazz. Definitely tense, but the whistle finally did blue and it was a tie. And so they celebrated and it was incredible. And so now... We were able to get the twins, Steven and Simon. Let's get to them now. All right, I got the Afrifa twins here, Steven and Simon, both on the score sheet tonight. The first question is the one that everyone's wanting to ask, and that's how do your parents, how do your family feel at home watching you, having grown up playing the game all your lives together, connecting on that first goal of the night? Simon, actually your first goal of the season for the team. Simon, you tell me first since you were the goal scorer. I know my, I know for sure my sister, she's going to be ecstatic about it. Now she's gonna call, I know she's going to call me right away when I get back. And then she's going she's gonna to post it everywhere on Instagram. So, And my mom and dad, she's going to tell them. They're, they're not watching, but she's going to tell them. They're going to be happy for us too. Steven, um, you know, Simon, uh, he tried to set you up uh, to get a goal as well, and you didn't get the finish. Talk to me about the relationship between you two. You don't see a lot of twin brothers. You don't see a lot of brothers. You don't see a lot of family members playing on a team together. Can you talk to me about the chemistry on this team and what it's been like so far this season? Obviously, it's uh, kind of exciting. We haven't played together in the last, like, two years. He's going to be at FIU uh, in the fall with me, so obviously we're going to build on his chemistry. And I've been playing with him my whole life, so easy to understand what he wants, where he wants to run, where he wants the ball. And the same goes for me. He understands what I want to do. So it's very easy to get along with him, and it's exciting. Hopefully we build on this in the fall and have a great season. So there's a lot of attacking options in this team, but I got to imagine you've been talking to the coach and saying, you got to get us on the field at the same time, got to get us on the field at the same time. You both deliver tonight as we hear the team deliriously celebrating. Both get on the score sheet. What has all this meant for you, being on a team together and now being division champions? Simon, your thoughts? For me, it's exciting, you know. I, was, I wanted to play back with, back with Steven. That's why I chose FIU, you know, because I knew, I knew me and him, we had good chemistry. So I wanted to play with him again and see what we could do. 
and hopefully in the fall we can win a championship at FIU. So I call you the Black Mamba, uh, Stephen. And now uh, what I've said in the commentary booth is the thing about Black Mambas is you think you evade one and then there's another one that comes right out behind you and they both bite. You now are ahead of Sebastian Andreessen in the goal scorer sheet. You're the golden boot so far for the season. Um, what's it like to score a goal, to score your eighth goal of the season? And talk me through it if you like. Uh, obviously it feels amazing. Uh, came in, had a, a target of the amount of goals I wanted to score. A couple goals away from it, but we got a couple. We still got games left. And scoring a goal, absolutely amazing. I told the kids on the side when I was warming up that I was going to score for them. So when I actually did, it felt amazing. Ran over to them and celebrated with them. They loved it and just love scoring to help the team win. Mark McKeever was still there. He had, was not watching one of the live streams, and he tells us all about that and why. Uh, but we were able to grab him for a second word on winning the division. Let's get to Mark now. I'm back with Mark McKeever. I hobbled back across the field because, like I said, the team was watching on like seven different cell phones. Everybody huddled around. One Knoxville have won the division championship. They are the South Central champions. They have brought gold to Knoxville. Mark McKeever, what is it like to come here the first season with this team, with all the expectations, with all the hurdles and the obstacles, with perhaps some of the doubters who emerged after that first loss to Asheville to now have a trophy in your cabinet? Yeah, I mean, it's, we set those expectations at the start of the season. First one was to qualify for playoffs. It wasn't exceeding the expectations, just meeting the expectations. Next one was to win the division. And honestly, we haven't exceeded the expectations. We were meant to win it because we were the best team. That's showing we've won it with one game left, probably leading in goals now as well. So the best team wins, winners win, simple as that. So I'm really proud of the boys for their work, but hard work is successful. Okay, so I saw your back turned. Everybody was gathered around phones. You had your back turned. You were not watching what was going through your head and what was that feeling immediately after you heard everybody erupt because you got the victory. Yeah, obviously when my back turned, I was thinking, I was actually starting to you know, think back to when we started talking to Drew, the ownership. Uh, but about the, the this journey that we're ready to embark on and I think about those first days and those first conversations and where we were then and where it's led to now and it's been a special journey but you know I want more I don't want it to stop this journey's uh for me it's just beginning we start a new season let's go the bull now the matador himself Danny Fernandez we were able to get him on the pod once again by popular demand, Danny Fernandez. I've got the Spanish bull here tonight. He was a bull at the back, but he was also a matador, a toreador at the front. I saw the second goal celebration where you had the curtain. Danny Fernandez, you're back in the team after missing so many games due to injury. What was it like to get your first and second goal of the season? Uh, I was buzzing. I didn't know how to celebrate with, how, the, with the fans, with my friends watching the game, or with my family, with my teammates. I was running and, and I, for the first goal, I didn't know how to celebrate. But the second one, I was talking with, with some teammates during the pregame, like because it's San Fermin in Spain, do like the ball thing. Thing. So it was funny, it was really funny, but it was a great performance from the team. Everyone was going for it and 
we knew that Asheville had a like um, really tough game uh, uh, with Tennessee. Bassing right now, Bassing first objective done. I'm gonna ask you about that in a second, Danny. But first, I was up in the commentary booth and I see on the first corner kick that Benny Montero looks to take. He hesitates for a second and then he tries to play the ball short. Southern Soccer clears it and you put your hands up in the universal signal of every player. Like, what are you doing? Why did you not send in the ball? The second time, Benny doesn't hesitate and, and you get the goal. You don't see center back score at the rate that one Knoxville center back scores. Every time there's a set piece, all of you are a threat. doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Alberto, you, whether it's Buster or Finn, you've all gotten your goals. What do you look to do when you get inside the A-team? What was going through your mind when Benny was getting ready to send in that corner? Oh, it was, it was amazing. Uh, we, we knew that. Uh, Benny, we all know that Benny has a really good service, really good quality. I think he had a great, uh, great time today. But yeah, I was alone in the second post because I'm, I'm always running the second post uh, just in case. So for the second time, I, I told him before the corner that put the ball and the ball was perfect. It was with, with music. And yeah, uh, as you say, we have like a really good center backs that can score goals like Bastard, Fini, Alberto, Farid, in, his goal is coming for sure, uh, Diego. Uh, we are in really good in set pieces and I think we are uh, setting very, very good goals. So Danny, I know that you were a part of the national championship winning team last year with the Des Moines Menace. You've won a lot of championships. Right now, just moments ago, with Asheville tying Tennessee SC, that made tonight's victory the championship winning vi the victory for the division. The first trophy that Knoxville sees in soccer, right? Um, what does this compare to everything you've experienced before, what you've experienced with, with Des Moines? What does it compare like to celebrate this championship with the team? You always know when you come with the Gaffer team uh, that you are, um, your first objective is the playoffs and then uh, winning trophies and winning championship. I think this league is one of the hardest in the division. Last year it was, they were a really good team in our conference, but I think uh, we have a better level this, this year. And the first objective was done, made the playoffs now with the conference. And, but it's just the beginning, we, we want more. We, we are now going into last regular season game and then one step at a time, but we are facing the, the playoffs and we really won the national champion for the second year. So talk me through what happened as you were waiting for the Asheville game to wrap up. I saw everybody hugging. You were in that huddle with like 10 other players watching the game on the phone, urging the referee to blow his whistle. A lot of us haven't seen the chemistry of this team off the field. We haven't seen you guys hanging out. We haven't seen you spending time together. All we see is what's on the field. Can you talk to me about this team? Is there something special here? Is there something that fans should expect um, to bring more and more and more glory for the for the city? Oh, for sure. I think we have a really good connections on the field, but it's because we are we have really good connections on the field. I, I always uh, tell my parents that they, after practice, we are hanging out for... 30, 40 minutes in the field. And when we are back into our apartments, we have a, like a pool and we are like two hours there just kicking the ball with the head and everything. So the chemistry is, is amazing. This group of life is, it's been amazing. Everyone is quality on the ball, but um, they are a re really good persons, uh, behave on the, the field. If you need any help, uh, you are always can come with them. So 
it's been amazing. But as I said, we are not done yet. Uh, I think we have something special here. Uh, this staff, like Gaffer, Dino and Nicky, they recruit are really good players, but really good persons. So yeah, buzzing for the next weeks. And yeah, just enjoy the, the last month. All right, Brian, that was a crazy one. We, we chatted a little on the field, but you on the live stream, you were saying you, you felt comfortable. Finally, how many matches in? This was, this was number four or five for me. And it was like riding a bicycle. Yeah, I think I just decided that I wasn't going to put all that pressure on myself. I don't know how many of you out there actually listen to <laughs> the live stream. Let us know. Let us know. Or listen to the goal commentary. You know, I started out, I, I, I look at my Facebook memories still, Patty. Actually, I think I only have Facebook just to see the memories. Okay, yeah. And so I've been getting all of these memories from 2010, the 2010 World Cup, yep. which, which was happening around this time, the 2014, the 2018. You know, most of my Facebook life has been spent talking about soccer. And I make all of these references to goals and to Ray Hudson, who in some way is like the godfather of lunatic commentary. And so I've been calling myself Rio Platense Ray Hudson. And I, I've got all these calls written out in my head. I've got some notes in my notebook. And today I was just like, you know what? Let's just have a good time up here, me yep. and Andy. For me, do my best to color the game in for the fans. Give them a little bit of that history. Give them a little bit of that context from what's happening in the division, in the conference, in the league, off the field. Keep them up to date with uh, what's going on. Make references to the players, their backgrounds, their nationalities. And describe a little bit of the action. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of times your color commentators are former professional soccer right, players, right. Tim Howard, you know, he's gotten yep. into the commentary business. Right now we have the CONCACAF Women's Championship happening, mm -hmm. and you've got Julie Foudy, who's one of the color commentators, uh, partnered with Ian Dark, the iconic play-by-play -play commentator. I, I play a little bit of soccer. Right, yeah, I, yeah. I may or may not be nursing a broken foot because of <laughs> a little bit of adult rec league right, soccer. Right. Um, so I try to also describe some of the movements, some of the plays, some of the things that are happening on the field based off of my experience being a right. a very mediocre former central midfielder <laughs> captain type, uh, you know, so. Is this your pitch for Mark just to sign you for a day? So Just so, just so you can be former uh, professional soccer? Well, you know, um, the rules in USL1, which okay. is the, the first professional division, it's the right. third division of US soccer. We're going up, um, by the way. Yes. We're going up. We're going up, and so I mean, it's not official. Drew, <laughs> Drew McKenna, if you're listening sorry, to sorry, this, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, the hope is we're going up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the PR, uh, the PR right there. But yep. um, you know, USL one, there's some different rules about how many international spots you can have. Okay. There's only seven international roster spots. Obviously, if you've watched one nonstop, we've got a very international team. Yep. So Mark McKeever's going to need some domestic players. I, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I did manage to score a handful of goals on a broken yep, foot, yep. and so I've made my pitch, Mark. If you need me, uh, <laughs> I think there's a story. I can't remember the club, uh, but in England, many many years ago, it might have been Millwall, it might have been West Ham. Uh, there was a game where there was a fan who was like cheering from the sideline, and they were like, "You think you can do it so well? Why don't you come on and do it yourself?" And he actually played. Oh my god, a little bit. Uh, you always hear these like urban oh, yeah, legends. Absolutely. Of, and so if they need to their own urban legend right now, make a run out. Yep. The Batistuta re resuscitated, <laughs> you know, the Batistuta reborn. Um, that's me right there. So we'll see. Oh, that's we'll see what happens. I'm excited about that one, Brian. All right. Well, a fantastic match. I was telling uh, my wife it was going to be seven zero. I even told Jeff Markman that so close. 7-1. Very close. Ah! You might have won some money on that. Yep, absolutely. All right. So dear listener, be sure to follow along at knocksoccerpodcast.com as well as on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
Tell us where you're listening from and what you've enjoyed the most about the pod. We got several action points. We have a discount code for nothing too fancy, Knox Soccer Pod, all caps. Use that online or in store. Go and visit Markman Jewelers, as well as grab yourself a Hellbender SC t shirt. It's the first link in the show notes. Enter in that contest on Instagram. Guys, thanks so much for listening. We really, really enjoy this. We're getting up there in episodes, and the season is still going. We're going into playoffs, and we're going to give you all the content as much as we can. Uh, we got some exciting things coming up. Thanks so much for pressing play. So we made a handful of Stranger Things references throughout this podcast. It's just getting episode. started. It's <laughs> just <laughs> even even Lord Vecna could not stop what's coming on Tuesday. We will see the train continue to roll through. The only mind control that will be happening <laughs> will be on the field. Mark yes! McKeever's Merry Men as they look to do the double over East Atlanta and set one Knoxville up for a glorious serious finale here we go division champs <laughs> here we go support the pod rep the hellbender we're out of here let's go to wendy's <laughs> i want to i want to call chocolate frosty right now really bad uh, let's go to wendy's let's do this frosties 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 all right, bye.